We're good to go, Ted. You ready? The maestro, the main man himself is ready. Okay, in three, two, one. Ladies and gentlemen, yes, you are seeing right. You are, you are, you are definitely seeing right. With me, I've got, you can't mention the urban Kenyan music industry and not mention this man. He is responsible for putting Kenya's music industry on the map. If I was to do an intro with him, it would take too long, man. So ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for none other than the maestro. Ted Josiah. Sama Sama. Hey, first of all, Ted, it's an absolute pleasure to have you here. Uh, more than honored. Karibu, karibu Thank sana. you so much for make, for allowing this to happen. Karibu sana. I'm about to shake you, but I'll do that later. <laughs> <laughs> we go way back. Yeah. So what we're doing here is basically just having a conversation, me and yeah, you. Yeah. And guys are lucky that they get to eavesdrop into our conversation. Yeah, yeah. So man, dude, you're so resp you're responsible for so many artists. Every single person who I've who I've interviewed on the Playhouse yeah. has mentioned your name. That's good. That's good to know, man. Um, I say this. Um, I just did a little, the little part that God allowed me to do in people's lives. You know, just a little impact, mm -hmm. and the rest has blossomed into you know different people's careers taking off. Which is you know, I thank God for that, man. I thank God. We thank God for you. <laughs> Okay, so let me throw this thing way back. Yeah. I want to, I want, I want, I want us to start from the beginning. Yeah. When did you fall in love with music, and when did this passion for music uh, begin? Um, I fell in love with music when I was a little kid. I must have been four, or five, four or five there. Um, I, I lived in Chicago with my dad, and um, dad used to take me to the record stores every every Saturday, um, Saturday morning. And it would it was just our thing. Nobody else. Me and Dad go to the record stores, and he'd be choosing music. You know, he was into Bob Marley. One wonders why <laughs> <laughs> and what his past is like. Mm -hmm. But he was into Bob Marley and um, the Eagles and um, uh, Cat Stevens and, and that kind of music. And I, I used to listen to it a lot. And I'd also pick up records. Um, I remember one of the records I picked up was Steve Miller and the uh, Steve Miller Band. People don't know, but that guy is responsible for a lot of vocoder stuff back in the 70s. And um, so that's when my passion for music started because I had my own little record player in my room. Mm -hmm. My dad had bought for me. So I'd go and listen to music in my room a lot. You know, obviously being, being a firstborn, you can't mix with the adults. You're older than all the other kids, so you spend a lot more time in your room. And I spent a lot of time creating and listening to music. So that's where my passion started, you know. Um, from, can, from, can I ask what year this is? Just give us a... Gosh, that was between 1974 and 1978. That's when, when the seeds were being thrown into my life for the passion of music. I remember being in one of the school plays uh, in Chicago and um, uh, singing one of the songs, you know, um, uh, uh, Welcome to Georgia, an old song and really falling in love with music. Um, I remember uh, when, I, when I first moved to the States, I just knew Kikuyu, <laughs> Luo. <laughs> Kikuyu, Luo, and a, a broken Kiswahili. Uh, no English. No, at not, all. nothing. At all, because I grew up in Nyaruru with my grandma. Um, so what happened was I got to school in Chicago, this little black kid in the middle of winter, and there was a band, they came to school to perform and the guy was playing a trumpet 
and my whole, my whole life at that particular point, I must have been four years old, at that point my life changed. You know, most people don't remember what happened to them when they were four. But I can recall those moments very clearly. That's how much impact they had on me. Um, so, so music just became a part of my life. I remember then um, during the school holidays when, when we had come back to Kenya, um, I would spend a lot of time on the farm and I'd take a panga and make it into a guitar and start pretending I'm singing along. And I had aunties and uncles who were all into music so they'd all be singing and we'd be listening to the radio. And that's how music got birthed into me. Later on, um, when I started my high school, uh, I had the privilege of listening to Guido mm -hmm. and his band, African Roots. And uh, um, um, Where did you go to high school? I went to high school in all over the place, but um, I ended up in Kajiado and then Isili Highs. Um, I moved from Kajiado because I wanted to do art. And Kajiado was really a science. Um, all Kajiado High was really based on sciences and agriculture. Um, so I moved to Isili because it was a place where, you know, uh, fine art was, was being offered. Um, so one day I'm, I'm, I'm listening to um, African Heritage. Uh, I managed to watch them live and I listened to Guido play the bass. And that also impacted on my life. I didn't know who he was or what the name of the band was or anything. But much later on in life, I remembered when I, when I met Guido later on and he recorded our first album, Pete and I, yeah. um, I remembered, oh, I had seen this guy. And this guy is actually part of the reason why I wanted to become a musician. So yeah, it's, 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 a, it's been a journey. Yo, that's been an absolute... So, okay, now, in school, were you already um, singing? Were you, what, what, were you, had you in high school? In high school, I never sang. I never played an instrument. I was just an artist. I would paint and sculpt. That was my, I actually, um, when I was in high school, I thought that I was actually going to end up either as a sculptor or a painter. Mm -hmm. um, those were the things that I was really passionate about. And um, those were the things that would drive me every single day. I just wanted to paint and, and sculpt. Um, later on, I found out I could do graphics. Mm -hmm. And I found out graphics was slightly more commercial than, than doing all this painting stuff, you know. Painting, I'd be waiting for painting to sell for like, you know. In fact, I think I only sold two paintings on my painting, painting life. Um, but, but in school, I never did sing. I never did sing. It's when I finished high school uh -huh. and, um, I finished high school and what happened was, uh, I became a born again Christian, um, just as I was transitioning and finishing high school and I went to Nairobi Baptist and I saw what the youth were doing in terms of singing. I thought, Hmm, I think I could do this. Um, then I realized I'm a baritone. Uh -huh. Everybody likes the tenors and the altos, and nobody likes the Barry White. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so um, I started just doing background vocals more and not lead vocals. And then I realized, no, they're, they're, they're making mistakes. In the arrangement and in the digital space, there's different things that are happening. And we can, we can start putting the music together like this. And what if you do this with the intro and stuff? And I didn't know that what was happening was I was becoming a producer. Yeah. I, I was just arranging stuff and telling people, no, don't do this here. Wait until this particular portion and then do that. And then people would go into the studio um, 
and say, hey, we need, we need Ted, the technician, to come in and just balance stuff in. And I, I didn't know what I was doing. I was just playing, playing it by ear yeah. and moving the faders up and down, you know, for, for things to balance. So I think I, I mixed my first album when I must have been 18 years old. So, okay, at this t- so you're, I'm, I'm hearing you from the perspective of producing vocal arrangements. Yeah. Uh, no, no, bring the bridge in a bit later. But at this time, have you played an instrument? I, I, I have dabbled in playing instruments uh, because I needed to understand, you know. Um, so I, I, I started playing bass, I started playing drums, I started playing keys. Mm. Um, and then I realized what I need to do is I need to understand how all of this meshes together. Yeah. So on top of playing the instruments, I, 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 I started learning to play keys when I was 20 years old. Yo. For real. Um, I started really late. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's why I'm like, yo. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it was, what happened was somebody once came to visit me um, at home and we had a piano. And she looked at the piano and asked me, so all along you've got a musical instrument in your house and you don't play <laughs> There's no YouTube, there's no, you know, you have to go buy a book and mm. learn how to. And she said, why don't you just do it from your heart? Play what you feel. And as soon as she left, I went onto that piano and started, you know, banging on the keys and trying to figure it out. And then I'd ask friends, okay, so show me two, three, four basic chords. Mm. And they would show me, this is how you play the chords. This is how, and I would pick that up. And then I just started every single day. I'd spend like six, eight hours figuring it out, figuring it out, because I knew that I needed to understand the keyboard, um, the piano, to be able to really express what was in my head, because before that, I had a lot of musical ideas, but um, it would be hard to tell a person, you know, what, what's in my head. To package it. Yeah, it, it was really hard. But when I had the, the instrumental knowledge now, I'd be able to say, this is what I'm hearing, so can, can we do this? Yeah. And that helped me transition and then at, at that particular point music had moved from the analog space slightly into the digital space it was the introduction of uh, keyboard sequencers mm-hmm. so the keyboard sequencer when was, you say digital space just so that guys don't start thinking you're talking about youtube and stuff. yeah 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 <laughs> well yeah, um prior to that what would happen is you would play the music live everybody would grab their instrument and play it live and record it on tape Mm-hmm. real tape yeah um, so it was really all analog yes and uh, um, we were we were moving into the late 90s early uh, late 80s early 90s at that particular point there were people who were making keyboards now uh, and the keyboards were beginning to be able to have memory and be able to record instruments on them and people were sampling like the drums and sampling trumpets and it sounded horrible but um as compared le- to life yeah yeah <laughs> but but at least you had you had that accessible to you you know you could now play your drums on the keyboard and record them and then play your keys and then play your bass and um joe peppy uh, uh joe kirago from five alive was the first guy who had an insonic and Sonic was a great keyboard with great keyboard sounds and, and great drum sounds and everything and reverbs and stuff. So I'd go to Joe's place and the understanding with Joe was, you bring a loaf of bread. <laughs> <laughs> that was his payment. And, and, and he would do the sequences. 
um, but it would be based on the ideas in your head. So that's why I needed to understand how to play keys. So I'd play keys and show him this is the this is the this is the sequence. And then he said, "Oh, that sounds good. Why don't you just record it yourself?" And I realized, "Oh, actually, I can do this thing that mm -hmm. Joe's doing." And Joe was just doing it, you know, part time because he was the keyboardist in in their church, so he was just doing it for fun. And um, then a mate of ours came from the UK and gave us uh, a keyboard and a sequencer and, a, you know, um, and I started making the music myself. I just started making the music myself and composing the stuff myself. And that's when Pete and I actually um, joined forces and, and started Heart. So in Heart is where I got a lot of my um, understanding of how to produce music and play my role in a band. My role wasn't really leadership, of, 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 of the band, but more the bed, you know, mm -hmm. the music of it all, the, the, the reasoning behind the music, the, when we go out to minister, why we are going to use these songs as opposed to these songs and how we're going to do our intros, our outros, how we're going to dress. And I would just leave Pete to do his thing on, on, on stage and I'd be playing the drums and putting a sequencer on and you know, so I was literally the, the engine of of the band. Yeah. But not, the, you know, the face. You, you never see the engine, it's in a bonnet. Mm. Yeah. So people would, would see me, but not really see me. They would see Pete and they would see Sally and Esther because they were in the front. And that, then I realized, actually, I'm comfortable um, developing musicians. Um, this must have been around 93 and a gentleman came from Nigeria, Pastor Nii. And Pastor Nii came to me and said, um, God is going to use you and God is going to use you to open up doors for a lot of musicians. God is going to use you and you're going to be like the Quincy Jones of Africa. He said those words. He said those words verbatim. And I thought this man is just mad. This is a madman because at that point I'm still learning how to. I'm still learning. Mm. Do you understand? Yeah. Um, I can't, I can't say I'm Quincy Jones at this point. I'm like, dude, wow. <laughs> Have you produced at this time? I mean, of course. I, I, at this time, I've produced. Proper. No, I've produced one one album, and Pete and I are still trying to grapple with putting our album together. And mm -hmm. uh, who's that wait. one album you had produced? I had produced an album for a guy from from um, Eldoret, Moy University. I really can't remember his name because yeah. it was such a long time ago. <laughs> and it's an album I produced in River Road, you know, um, just using my stuff. He, he had listened to the music we did and said, I want you to do me an album. Can you do the instrumentation? I said, okay, fine, come in and let's do it. And he had paid me something like a thousand bob and I thought, oh, wow, I can make money off of this. So I hadn't really gotten into the space yet when this guy, when this this pastor was saying this. I thought, um, if God is going to use me, how come, how is God going to use me at this particular point when the knowledge I have is so, so limited? Mm. And that's why I would spend, I would literally had a bed and my keyboard set up and I would get off the bed straight onto the keyboard setup every single day and I wouldn't leave the house. I just wouldn't leave the house. And um, what happened was uh, it, it took about maybe two, three years for me to just hone that skill. Mm. 
One day, um, Jimmy Gado was asked by some studio some studio owner if he knew somebody who could make music for a commercial. And Jimmy said, oh yeah, you know, uh, there's a guy called Ted who doesn't live too far from here, um, who makes music all the time, you should use him. So Jimmy calls me and says, hey, come, come over. Um, there's this guy who wants you to make something for him. So I go to the studio and I make the music and I literally did this in like 15 minutes. And the guy looked at me and said, so what do you do for a living? I said, well, this is what I do is... Just in a group yeah, of hands. Yeah. <laughs> and he says, no, 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 I want to give you a full-time job as a music producer because you're so good at this. And I said, music, what? He said, music producer. I think, oh, so there's actually a title for what I do? And he says, yeah, um, I'm going to have to train you in terms of sound engineering, but I can't even touch you. This guy had been a musician since 1970. And he's saying this to me. He's saying, I, I've never seen anyone in this country who's doing this thing that you're doing. And, and you understand it so well. I said, well, I've just been, you know, tinkering about at home. And he says, well, well, you got the job. So not only did I get that job to do that commercial, but um, then I joined Sync Sound Studios. That's now and how. Yes, that's how joined. I got into. That's how I got into Sync Sound Studios. A good big shout out to Jimmy for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if it wasn't for Jimmy, um, I wouldn't have been at Sync Sound, which means I wouldn't have done Hardstone. I wouldn't have done Shades of Black. I wouldn't have done Heart, the second album, which was the first CD ever. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't have done Richard Cabeza. Hold on. The second album of Heart was the first time now you were moving from tapes to CD. To CD, yes. Okay, explain to me now. I mean, because guys, guys, you know when you're saying Heart, people don't understand that Heart was the salty soul of them. Yes, yes. <laughs> like, what explained that? How did it feel to go from production into now you guys are superstars, but then at the same time, there's this whole church vibe that is not really feeling you, even though that's what you're doing. I'm trying to get that transition. Man, it, it, for me personally, it was really hard because I knew that God was calling me not just for gospel musicians, but he was calling me for musicians mm -hmm. as a whole. Mm -hmm. And I'm trying to explain this to my mates, even within heart, and they're not getting it. You know, they're like, God is calling you to go out and work with anyone. And I'm saying, yeah, yes. that's, that's what he's doing. And they're like, no, 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 um, we're a gospel group. We stay a gospel group. If you want to produce music, you produce gospel music, not circular music. And I'm saying, well, that's where I feel led at this time in my life. And I can't, I can't, I just can't stop it. Um, and he said, well, okay, Pete, Pete and I at that particular point, um, Pete wanted to be a pastor. I'm not feeling the pastor vibe at all. I'm just like, you know what, uh, you do you, mate. I'm going to be on this particular side and whenever you need us to, you know, I'm cool. And the church itself, the church, um, from inception of heart, the church constantly knocked us hard. Um, the church knocked us hard because one, I had dreadlocks, I had braids, I used to wear all these multicolored outfits and stuff, and I was, nowadays I'm really chilled. chilled. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> when I was younger, I was like, I'm gonna dress like the wildest rebel possible. And the reason I would do that is because I wanted young people to see that 
you can be you you and still love god just be you and there's no point in you pretending and removing all of these outer layers god won't love you more because you've removed these outer layers of you god wants the inner layer um so so that's why i would dress like that you know and sometimes i would <laughs> I would go to churches, you know, on Sunday, and the pastors would, would, there's once a pastor said, all right, so if you know the person sitting next to you needs to be born again, <laughs> please bring them down here. And man, it would be like a rugby tackle on me every time. Because I'd be in the leather jackets, I would, you know, I would, I would, I'm the guy who looks least born again. And the funny thing is, I'm the minister. You know, I'm the guy who's going around the country <laughs> performing in different universities and high schools and young people are getting born again. That's me. But in church, people don't see that. People see, people were seeing the outer layer. And for me, that's when I started realizing that, you know, what, this church vibe for me is not really working. I've been called to actually go and impact in people's lives, have a real impact. Now, uh, when I when I look back at that, I'm thankful that I did that because um, I, I did have an impact in people's lives yeah. um, uh, and a positive one at that. Um, I look at people like Hearthstone um, and what he managed to do. I look at Shades of Black, what they managed to do. I look at Eric Wainaina, I look at um, uh, Susanna Wio, Chiengabura, Gidi Gidi Maji Maji, Keishaka. You know, there's, it's a huge list and a lot of people, all they needed to do was they needed somebody to stand in the door and let them through. Mm-hmm. Exactly what that pastor had told me was going to happen. That's exactly what happened, you know? Stand in the door and let these people through. Give them a chance. Okay, let's 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 talk a little bit about you letting people through the door. And 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 I really love this transition from Sin 